Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 1 2 3 4 Yes, absolutely. One, two, three. Just like clapping cheeks. Two good claps and then you're done. (laughs) You are the official one minute man. (laughs) One minute. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. (laughs) The technology. We have good success. No Spongebob. We're not cavemen. We have technology. (laughs) You know, I learned the other day that when, um, you know, they try to break into Sandy's house when she's hibernating for winter. Oh, really? Yeah. When she's breaking. So Patrick is trying to get into the house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you think he says open sesame. Wrong. Put the subtitles on that episode. He says open sesame. Open save me. No, I speak no lie, bro. Open save me? Says me. Says. Open. Se- se- oh, oh, open says me. Open says oh. me. Oh. Okay. So yeah. that, that makes more sense. And speaking of, um, uh, goodbye, Tom Kenny and Bill Faberback. Faberback. Yeah. Is, uh, you know why they've decided to retire? Nah. Due to criticism, SpongeBob is leaving Viacom and Nickelodeon because the two lead actors can't be bothered with our bullshit. That just says a whole lot about this generation that I don't want to know about. Yeah. Unless it's criticism from our generation sort of watching SpongeBob on a nostalgia trip and being like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Oh, hang on, hang on. What the fuck? I just ripped cheeks into my mic, bro. Jesus. Oh, it smells like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I had like 
uh, we ordered chicken today for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, today, rather than getting like, uh, like wings and fries and shit, I just got half chicken, and I was like, oh, let's try the peri peri corn on the cob. That shit was juicy. You know when you like sometimes you get corn on the cob and you're disappointed, like there's no butter, it's dry and it's burnt. Yeah. Uh, complete mm-hmm. opposite. This shit had like peri peri. Like I think they used like a peri peri butter rather than just like butter uh-huh. and peri peri. That shit was spicy. That shit was juicy. It didn't stick in your teeth mm. as well because it was cooked properly. I see. I see your yeah. mouth watering. You. I'm just like, mmm, sounds moist. <laughs> moist. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, your daily ASMR, folks. Right. So, welcome to Freeballing. There everyone. you go. Yep, it's going to be an interesting episode. I have no fucking idea what's going on. Yep. <laughs> so, Sebastian, hurt my feelings. So it was, I mean, it was, it's a pretty interesting idea. I thought it would be fun where <sighs> we each, you know, get an episode where we plan it out and the other person has no fucking clue what is happening just to get, get a more like authentic and off the cuff mm-hmm. response. You really love so this, this off-the-cuff idea. We did it for one episode, and that off-the-cuff episode does not even exist anymore. But the yeah, idea of it exists. <laughs> but the idea, because we did it wrong. It's off-the-cuff, but this is off-the-cuff with structure. <laughs> so it's not off-the-cuff. Gotcha. It's <laughs> at the edge of the cuff. Edge of the cuff. <laughs> yes, we're edging right now. We're edging very, very hard. I uh, hope our audiences don't really know what edging means, but let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... And if you do, stop. <laughs> stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. So we've talked about, you know, what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted to use this episode as an opportunity to dive a little further into that. Oh, fuck. So what better way to do that? than to talk about the things that influence us. Okay. That's not too bad. I didn't know where you were going to go with right. that. That was a, a pretty vague opening. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> do not tell me to think of an idea, because we do not have that long. <laughs> <laughs> so the essentially the idea is for us to talk about five, pe- five people. Mm-hmm. They could be musicians. They could be comedians, writers, directors. They could be painters, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can only pick five that have influenced your you in your creative career and how and why they they influenced you. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll kick things off so you can start thinking about some stuff. I've I've got one, two, three at max. You gotta give me five. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard. That's what she this is where the swerve comes in. <laughs> My right, one so device me, my... I need for this is currently in use, being a video for me. I need to like, uh, oh, who worked on this and who who's in this band? <laughs> Fuck's sake, man! <laughs> Good, stop! Yeah, you, you gotta use. Good God, gotta man! Use the old noodle. The cheese you gotta touch. use the old noodle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched too many TikToks with that sound. Stop! Jesus. Good God, man! The cheese touch. <laughs> Okay, right. Take it away. Take it away, Smash Right. So, my first influence is a recent one. You and I have kind of talked about him already. Mm-hmm. It's um, director Paul Thomas Anderson. 
director, writer, videographer, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. All he wears all the fucking hats. This, and I remember when you and I were first hats, talking bro. about him, you were like, "What's up?" This guy just loves hats, bro. He loves hats. Give me all, give him all the fucking hats, dude. <laughs> like you were, you were surprised. You were surprised that I was getting I into. I was him. surprised that he was a big influence on you now. And it was like, and it's not his writing, because there's, there's there's some disconnect between me and his writing. It's his directorial style. It's his shot choice that I really connect with, and the way he does his his movies. There's like an old school quality to him that I connect that I've that I connected with. Mm-hmm. And like for with the shot that really did it for me was the opening shot of Boogie Nights. The 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 long the long wanna. Mm hmm. Yeah. It. And it's like it's obviously you know it's a nod to Goodfellas and stuff, but like there's something about it where it's like it's following Burt Reynolds through with the club, and then it kind of breaks off of him, goes around, and we're meeting all of our key players in one fucking stroke, and it was just like oh. It starts with zooming into the club. We're on mm-hmm. uh, like it's Burt Reynolds. We see Luis Guzman, who yep. is the owner of the club. And then he's walking through, and then he sees uh, Roller Girl, and it's it, that's mm-hmm. the um, that's the handoff. So if yep. you don't know if you don't know what me and Sebastian are talking about, uh, I used the term wanna. Uh, I, I know for a fact there's a few people that watch or watch the podcast. Good job, Ed. Um, who <laughs> listen to the podcast who might not know what a long wanna mm-hmm. is, and that's um, <clears throat> like famously recently uh, there's 1917. Where yep. quote unquote it is all one shot. It's not one all shot, one shot yeah. but it's of course. made to look like one shot. But um, yep. And then before that, uh, you may remember Spectre with the Day of the Dead. Um, do you, if you want to say that in the right way, Sebastian, because you are part of the people. Um, I'm not. Day, no, Day of the Dead. I mean, oh, I thought it was <laughs> Day de los Muertos or some shit. I mean, yeah. If you mean if you're saying it in Spanish, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Day de los Muertos. Yeah. S- speaking of. Some, like, some guys only appeared in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not well the comics. Twice is getting his own spinoff. El El yep. El Muerto. Yeah. Like what? The actual fuck? Fucking Bad Bunny's <laughs> doing it. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm out. Like, okay, Marvel's like, oh, let's just you know barrel scrape. DC can do blue beetle. Well, what we can, what, what can we do? Um, no, but well, like, to, so, yeah, to be so, fair, that's a Sony to, thing, not a like not a Marvel thing. Yeah, it will still have that fucking Marvel banner on it, though, won't it? Because that's how Sony makes money. Um, ooh, True. Shots. Pew 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 pew. You work for Sony, you're part of the problem. Um, so it's <laughs> just where the camera doesn't cut; it just follows. And a handoff yeah. is when sort of the camera sort of slows down, and who we've been staying on, sort of does something or has an action or like a connection with someone and the camera sort of shifts to a new person and then we stay with them and we're off again so that is yep. a, that is a wanna but like you said goodfellas is uh is a good one i'm trying to think where else oh, yeah. where else have i seen one that's uh that's proper naughty i feel like i really like the one inspector it might literally be the the only good moment inspector is the is the opening <laughs> In the Day of the Dead sequence, with the helicopter, just like you know, my dad's just like, do, do people down on the ground think this is like some sort of air show or something? Yeah, helicopter coming right at them, smoking, dad. Yeah, mm. it's a, it's a, it's, yep. an, air, it's an air show. <clears throat> Fucking idiot. I mean, we do, it's, it's not a very good one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is one helicopter. 
<laughs> it's not really doing much. It's just spinning. It's, it's, and then it's crashing down like, you, you guys, Good come job. on, stay of the dead. You can do better. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, so back to Paul Thomas Anderson, really. Um, so his filmic style, which is good because I kind of want to, mm-hmm. like, I think I know one of the other people you're going to mention, and I'll talk about my, the connection between those two fellows when we get to right. him. Because I think he's sounds like, good. If he's not, if I, if who I'm thinking of isn't in your top five, then I don't know you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if he's not, I'll bring it up. Because um, right. me and my dad watched a film over the, over the weekend. We asked for your assistance, mm-hmm. and I told you what we watched. And my dad had a, a very good comment that he made that I has sat with me. I think, mm-hmm. and I think if you're a combination of these two people, then you might be onto something. Um, so my first okay. person would have to be Jim Sturgis. He's the actor nice. in um, 21. Mm-hmm. He's also in that uh, Beatles movie that you like. Is it Beatles? Oh, Across the Universe, yeah. Across the Universe. He's in Across the Universe. He's in a few TV shows. I only really know him from 21, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think where else. Oh, he was in Cloud Atlas as well. He plays... Um, one of the only under like one of the only stories you can actually kind of follow in Cloud Atlas, mm-hmm. which says a lot about Cloud Atlas. Um, <laughs> crazy movie, great book, crazy movie. Um, is it out of a Wachowski movie? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, before makes sense. I think one of them had already made the transition to mm-hmm. being a woman. The other, um, I can't remember who. Who's who? The, the Wachowski sisters, let's call them that. That's yeah. what they want to be known as now, so that's how we will refer to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it's a Wachowski sister movie. Um, I, I like the movie. I like I like Cloud Atlas. But uh, Jim Sturgis, for me, I watched 21, I think, in about... May have been 2008. I remember this movie being either around about the same time as The Dark Knight, or like very very close there was like there was one I, I used to have a movie going buddy and like i came home from holiday and uh, it was like oh mate do you still want to go see Ten Thousand bc and he's like nah 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 i saw that movie piece of shit uh i want to go see 21 i was like okay cool it's you know it's your birthday you know so i went mm-hmm. to go see it and i was like this guy man let me do let me do a bit of research and he's um he did music media and performance at uh, salford university and, like i love his acting style he's front and i learned he was from london and I was like, yo, you know, this guy did what I did. Like, I found, like, I, I realized through looking at his IMDb, he didn't really start acting, like, professionally until after he'd finished university. So I was like, oh, so you, mm-hmm. can, you can go to education, do education, and then come out and, and work. Oh, that's cool. And, like, at the time, I was really into acting. I, re- I, I meant really into acting. And I don't know yeah. why, but I had <clears throat> such, like, I had such love for Jim Sturgis that the I'm pretty sure when I learned he went to Salford I was looking for universities myself yeah and I, and I was like fuck it you know what let's do this and I, I I went to I went to I I auditioned I had an audition at Kent which is like a million miles away from me couldn't have been further away I auditioned at Northampton I had audition I had an audition I can't remember which university I went to it was Northampton Kent, I think you choose free. Mm-hmm. Got to Le- I went to DMU as well, Leicester. I went, I went to Leicester as well. So it's four. I think you have five. Where was the fifth? I don't know because I didn't go there. 
Um, <laughs> all I remember is like I got accepted to all of them. Like everyone wanted me, and my mum, like not to speak ill of my mum, but like she was very much wanting me to go to Kent because family members would come around. And my mum's like, "Oh yeah, he's chosen to go to Kent. Yep, proper, you know, proper school for proper, proper people." And at this time, I hadn't even auditioned at Salford. I went to Salford, I auditioned, and um, it was one of the only places where they said, "Choose your own monologue." Fuck it. And, and we get there, and the main guy that was doing it was like, oh, like he, came, he came in to sort of say hello to other people. Like It was me and like three other people who, who were auditioning yeah. that day. Not like a million. Kent had about 100. DMU had about 100. You get this whole campus-wide tour. You get all this, like, you get, you get the works, basically. And, like, you, you know, you get to sit in in a class. They make you feel like a proper student. I get to Salford. This guy shows up, Malcolm Rayburn. What a legend. He goes, you know what? fucking woke up 30 minutes ago didn't even realize there was meant to be auditions today i thought everyone came last week all right fuck it let's just let's just go find a class that isn't like a classroom that isn't being used and get some auditions done right i was like fucking yes what's a legend <laughs> even this even the teachers here are getting fucking wasted bro absolutely for me so we're going to this class and he's and like it i already knew it was prepare your own monologue but all these other places yeah. was like you know what Here's your Shakespeare. Here's your Chekhov. You know, I was like, oh, fucking, give me something modern, man. And I did, um, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. I know life is bad right now, and it's always been bad, and it's only going to get worse. And I fucking nailed it, man. And this guy just goes, look, if I had the power to say yes right now, you're in. Like, you know, t take it easy till, till after summer. Come here, and we, you know, we'd love to have you. And I think it was yeah. just how chill the place was. And I go there, <clears> and then I'm the, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm in the footsteps. I'm in the footsteps of Jim Sturgis. So I'm going on a bit of a story here, but like, I probably should have saved this to number one. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the footsteps of Jim Sturgis. All because of yeah. fucking 21. A movie that is badly rated across the board from critics yeah. and audiences. But I feel... Like I show that movie to people and they love it. My dad, the boys, the boys. You know, you know the boys. You met the boys. Um, you're gonna see the boys in summer. Yep. Even you as well. Everyone who I know who is around me in my inner circle has seen Twenty One and has gone. You know what? That's, that's a pretty good fucking movie, man. It's just chill. Get a couple of beers. You go into Vegas. Mm -hmm. Fucking watch Twenty One. Yep. You know, it's 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 that kind of thing. And I was still into acting. And on my first day. Who's there? Just say who's who's come in to say hello to old teachers. Jim Sturgis. Fuck. Go round to the lo go round to the local pub. Buy the fucking man a pint. Great fucking story, bro. And I just like destiny. Well, even though from after the first year of Salford, I chose to quit acting because I realised the world doesn't need another Nick Frost, and decided to focus on writing or directing. But I wouldn't have had I gone anywhere else. <laughs> Where film True. would have been like an extra class. Everywhere was like, yeah. oh, we do drama studies. You can do an you can do an extra degree in film studies if you wish. But like our drama our drama courses is very intensive, you know. I was like, oh fuck off using big fucking words, man. <laughs> just just fucking tell me that it, you know that you know it's, it's free it's free pieces of acting bollocks a year, 
and you have to gonna you're gonna make me do some fucking day day out of day logbook. There's coursework, there's a few exams, and then you know blah 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 in front of 20, 40 people. Fucking you don't have to use the fucking word intensive, man. Don't fucking suck the dick of your own fucking job. I mean, come on, just fucking. That's why I liked Salford, man. It was down to earth. There was no dick sucking. Like this guy's like, we got the you know we've got we've got a pretty good facility. It's it, you know I imagine it's gonna get better like over the next mm-hmm. couple of years. But like you know we do we do what we can with what we've got. But I tell you what, we've got a we've got a course that you shape you, you shape. Every single university was you do these courses. Salford was you get a little taste in the first year, the second year onwards. You choose what you want to do. You wanted to focus on acting. You fucking do that. You wanna you wanna do a little bit of both, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You fucking do that. You you know, not that you really know what you're gonna do in life, and you'll probably do nothing. But you do that. And then if you want to focus on media, you focus on media. You had those options, and that's what I liked. Paid for by the alumni of Salford University. <laughs> <laughs> But when what happened? What happened to me when I got accepted into NIFA? Hey Ed, can you come on down to Salford and give a talk about how how you've been doing since you've left Salford? Oh, mm-hmm. Fuck off. Oh, NIFA, fuck. Did I tell you that NIFA did the same thing? I, I think. I oh spoke, really? I spoke to Cinnamon um, about mm-hmm. this, and uh, and she had no idea. Barbara Reintraub contacted me from NIFA. Oh wow! I don't know if um, one of the things I'm working on has made a bit of traction within the mentors at NIFA or if they've seen Together Alone fucking explode. I don't really want to speak about the other one because there's a a few people working on that and it's it's not my place to talk Mm -hmm. about it, like, alone. Yeah. But Together Alone is, like, you know, created by executive producer. I can talk about fucking this shit when I want to. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to talk about it right now, dickhead. Um, Or if they've seen this, make make a bit of a traction online. Um, oh, and you gotta move on, still, bro. We still got a rest of the episode to do. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So number four. Um, this one was this one was a little tricky. I, I was kind of stuck between two, which is kind of the fucking. If I was gonna sum up my making of the list, mm. is being stuck between one or two people per selection. Oh, for fuck's sake. But um. So for this one, I went with Aaron Sorkin. I'm going to need to think of another guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, man, the movie that it was, it was the fucking, it was the social network that did it for me. Sorry. Like, I remember watching that when I was 18 and I was like, I never connected with the movie because of the writing, mm-hmm. which was just fucking, it was so frenetic, but it was also so like purposeful mm-hmm. and you could feel the rage when people were really feeling the rage and you can feel like the seduction of like Timberlake to Eisenberg and you, and it's just like, all he's doing is talking, yep. but you, he's just pulling you in and Aaron Sorkin is just, and also Sorkin's fucking turn on entourage. I, I, I rewatched it and it was just like, he's, he's, he's funny. He's surprisingly funny. Yep. Yep. And, and like all, all the stuff from the fucking West Wing too. I haven't seen it, but I've seen that fucking Martin Sheen monologue thing that he does in the church yeah and i was just like you you have to be some kind of out of your fucking mind writer to throw fucking latin into a tv show today no, he's, he's just he's just well-rounded he's just smart he does his research mm-hmm. this is what i implore yeah. to every writer i know too many writers that just 
right. Yeah. And I was like, you, you don't, you know, give me some of your favorite writers of all time, and I tell you fucking what, they do their research, man. Yeah. Yeah, they've got the idea. They put in the they, work. They, they can't wait to fucking get pen to paper. I mean, that's what it should be like. And if you're getting halfway through, if you're getting halfway through an idea and you're struggling where to go, put that fu- put that fucking thing down and start again. Because if you're struggling mm-hmm. to write, you don't know about it well enough. It's not in. You're not passionate about it enough. You haven't done enough research, and you've you've fucked yourself from the get go. Yep. Um, yep. I'd like to choose another writer, but I don't. I don't know what I choose. Who? Oh, who did I have just in my mind now? I was literally I was ready to go with a name. Oh fuck me. Oh, come on, cunt. Come you on. can do it. We believe in you. Oh. I cannot for the life of me think who I was just thinking of. But I thought that, that was perfect. That, that That's like, that's me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned, um, you mentioned Aaron Sorkin and sort of like writing that influences you. Um, and sort of another thing that influenced me and I'm like, I don't know why I need to talk about my life before writing and directing, because that's where I am now. I kind of want to talk about, like, what got me here. And another thing that got me here was, it's pretty bad to idealize it now, but um, mm-hmm. Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. I, 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 like, I knew for a fact I wanted to, like, I wanted to go into NIFA. I wanted to, I wanted to produce shit. Mm-hmm. I, I knew I was a man of words. Like, when someone asked me, it's like, Ed, why don't you pull birds in the fucking dance floor? It's like, because I'm a 300-pound fucking teddy bear with eczema. I, I, like, I sweat like I've been swimming. And I've got dance moves like a retarded monkey with Alzheimer's, bro. Like, no girl's looking at me and going, fuck, fuck here now. Unless she's blind. Um. <laughs> in which case, fucking... Bang on! <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> but like Ari Gold, he was a he was a man of words. Mm-hmm. Like this this man, like he knew the English le- lexicon inside and out, bro. Like he knew yep. he knew like what to say to to anyone at any one time. Even when Turtle comes in with like some bullshit idea, like he, he knows how he knows he knows not to sort of blow him off because mm-hmm. it will it will look bad. On um, who's the main guy? Vince. Vince. It will look bad on. It will yep. look bad on Vince. It will get. It will come back to him in a bad way. So it's like I'm not going to completely mm-hmm. blow you off, but if it's this is real, prove to me it's real. And I was just like, fuck, man, this guy is he's he's smart. And then who can who can forget going into the fucking boardroom and just get the fuck out? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I. Love, I I love this man, and I was like, yo. Like I don't know, like I know he's he's not really a producer until the movie, but I saw mm-hmm. the movie before the series. Mm, I got you. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those movies back in the day where me and my friend were like, we had to watch four movies a month to reach our sort of monthly quota of making the most of our like cinema pass that we have. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, let's go see this. We we both saw it, and then like we saw each other two weeks later, having a couple of drinks in the bar, and we're like, 
by any chance have you like have you watched Entourage? And I was like, I finished it, mate. Fucking same. And like we literally spent about like, a good four hours just talking like talking about the best scenes and how great Ari was. <laughs> and he's like, my mate's just like, oh, is, you know, is, is is that what you want to do then? And I was like, mm-hmm. kinda, yeah. Like I'm a I'm a wordsmith. I know I know how to use my words like in an Ari kind of way. Just yeah, maybe not sort of as bridge burny, but as I've gotten older, I'm probably more bridge burny than I am not. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, well, at least I realise. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. So that's two for two. Number three, dickhead. Right, number three is um, I I think I think this is who you were you you were mentioning. This is um. In terms of just overall filmmaking influence, it's Kevin Smith. There we go. Yeah. Tell us why, Sebastian. So Kevin Smith, for me, um, he's a unique one because it's Mr. Grin. Everything behind, <laughs> like every everything behind, like the the scenes and every you know. So the first movie, the first Kevin Smith movie I saw was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And if you watch if that's if you watch that without watching everything before, there's a lot of shit you're not gonna get. But I still thought I, I thought it was fucking funny. I was like I think it was ten when I first saw the movie, mm. which is really not good considering the fucking movie. <laughs> but I, but I loved it and I thought that shit was fucking hilarious. And then as I got older, I saw Clerks, and then I saw this like ten year anniversary documentary of Clerks and how he's talking about making it, and it was just like. This is a guy who decided one day, you know what? I'm going to make a movie. I'm, I don't know any big actors, but my friends, you know, they're, they're funny as fuck. And they, they're willing to help me do this. And yeah, fuck it. And this guy built a career off of working with his friends, telling fucking dick and fart jokes. And he's, he made a life for himself. Like, yeah, that's what I fucking want. Like I I want to I want to be able to work every day with my best friends, make a shit ton of money, make shit that I think is hilarious, and just have a good fucking time. And for me, that's what Kevin Smith has always been about. Like if you watch every one of his movies, you know you see fucking Jason Mewes in them. You'll see uh, sometimes you'll see Brian O'Halloran in there, and you're just like he keeps working with his friends, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what I want. And that's and then yeah. his his stories are very like there isn't down to earth a whole lot of. Exactly. There isn't a whole lot of complexity to his stories, but his stories are very, I feel like they're very poignant. Clerks obviously being the biggest one because it's just like, it, it, you know, it's about a guy, he's a, the clerk. Like, no, it's a guy in his mid-20s, trying to fi- in his early 20s, trying to figure out what the fuck he's going to do with his life. Mm-hmm. And then Clerks too, it's a guy in his 30s like, what the fuck am I going to do with my life? <laughs> And it's like the you know, the closer you get to those age brackets, you start seeing those themes and those things going on, and you're just like, "Fuck, he's right. What the fuck am I gonna do with my life?" And there's just like that new connection with Smith that I have now, as opposed to before. My meme. So you like the visual storytelling style of Paul Thomas Anderson, but you like the stories yes. and like sort of the interconnection of friends from movies with Kevin Smith. Well, my yes. dad, me and my dad watched Clerks uh, last Sunday, as you know, and my dad goes, you know what? I'm pretty sure if given half a chance, Kevin Smith wouldn't film this the same way again. 
there's too mm. much like it, it like i know for the time all he could afford was handheld but like it, yeah. it's it's a lot of panning so it's very shifty the like you know he film he films in black and white i think to get away from uh, a lack of focus in times it's funny you mentioned that because I was watching this um, documentary thing that they're talking about like cult classics, and he was asked about that. It's like, no, that wasn't a choice. We just couldn't afford colored film. Oh, fair play. <laughs> fair play. And I, and I was it, like, I, I, I thought I just, it was always I just a choice. Thought, like with there's that much with that with the moving the camera so much. Like mm-hmm. I I do not trust a focus puller. Like I will I will never trust a focus puller that much to keep that much focus with that much moving camera. Yeah, (laughs) but it was when it was those moments where you see Kevin Smith now in Clerks, and it's when I think the the moment for me is when Randall is in the store, and um, the girl comes in, and she's like, "Hey, what what have you heard? Have you heard of it? Like, you know, they say all this shit about the movies, but they don't tell you if it's any good. Do you know anything about these movies? Ah, they're all right. You weren't even looking. What about these two movies?" Ah, they're all right. You see, it's the same two movies. I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't like your your ruse to try and trick me, lady. <laughs> like Randall just completely bars her off, and he's just sitting there, not even facing the camera. And I was like, nope. boom, that that is that that like I feel that's like locking down the camera and allowing the scene to breathe is Kevin Smith. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I, I think that's like, it, right, if Kevin, I feel like if Kevin Smith could go back, we'd see a completely different Clerks. Mm-hmm. Especially cinematography yeah. style. And you can see that between oh, Clerks absolutely. and Clerks 1. You can see a director who has learned. Mm-hmm. And it's nice when you're working with someone in the industry who notices that you've grown. I work with this post-production sound company quite a lot. And this guy is going like, mate, I remember you coming to me with like your first university project, struggling to like sort of pay for it. And now you're coming to me with like Together Alone. And I'm just like, yo, this is the the same guy. Like, <laughs> and it's like, it's nice. It, you know, I know it's, yeah. it's validation. It's, a, you know, you like to wank yourself off a little bit, but like sometimes you need those. Sometimes you, you do. need those. Right. So yeah. my director. Uh... <laughs> What a, I mean, what a great director, right? Like, yeah, just one, one, of, one of the best. <laughs> no, my director <laughs> is Park Chan Wook. Park Chan Wook, okay. Old Boy, two thousand three, Old Boy. Ah, uh, the, the, okay. the Vengeance trilogy, Lady Vengeance, Sympathy for Mister Vengeance, um, did Stoker as well, um, did The Maiden, uh, and I was like, South Korean, South Korean movies wouldn't be where they are without his influence there i said it half the sh- half the shit you've watched from south yep. korea has has been made because those directors and writers probably watched like the vengeance trilogy and was like yo we've we we, we can we can make movies too and we can make pretty good fucking movies and then yeah. boom we got we got squid game and we got like all these other great south korean movies um the yellow sea is a is another great um i think that's south korean i can't remember but like just asian mm-hmm. cinema as a whole i feel like yeah is partly driven through the mid noughties 
where America like really began to sort of strangle the cinema industry. There, there was mm-hmm. like these rebels that broke through, and Park Park Chan Wook was one of these rebels. And I remember up until this, up until watching Old Boy, my favorite movie was American Beauty. Thank God I watched Old Boy because your favorite movie isn't allowed to be American Beauty anymore. <laughs> nope. I saw I saw Old Boy and I was like, Yo, the visuals in this movie were just stunning, man. I mean, Odasu mm-hmm. is um, by himself for uh, I think it's for fifteen years in in that fucking apartment, and he sees himself as like the lonely ant. An animal that's usually part of like this huge Connolly, like Connolly, co- co- colony, colony. I couldn't say that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he, but, but, and I was like, did Park Chan Wook just call like all of South Korean community ants? What the fuck? <laughs> and then he's on the train. No, he's, he's on the train and he sees himself as the ant. It's when he's in mm-hmm. the. Uh, he's in the um, he's in the apartment, and ants like craw- like crawl out of his skin and out of his mouth. It's because he wants to be part of like the hustling and bustling. Like he, you know, yeah. he's, he's a he's a people person, and that's what they talk about. It's like oh, uh, like later on in the movie, they talk about like Odasu. He doesn't shut up. He's a, you know, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a smooth talker. He's a bit of a wisecracker. And like he he sees too much. He speaks too much. That kind of thing. I I, I just oh man, just some. So, like the whole, like, just go, just go see Old Boy. If you haven't, <laughs> go see Old Boy. One of the greatest movies of all time. It's, and it's it's, it's, it's so such well a good directed. Is it's, it's 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 a director that knew what he wanted, like from every aspect of a movie, and like that is mm-hmm. where I begun. That and uh, I know who my next person is going to be. Um, well, I can't really say that and my next person now but like him sort of combined with another person really sort of helped me unlock that the the bigger idea of movies isn't just the the beginning the middle the end no mm-hmm. it's, it's like we're gonna go off over here we're gonna go off over here and and i'm like why why are we going oh, oh it's all you know it's all coming together <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like no matter how far away you get, you got to come back. And it's like it's it's where I learned to sort of describe movies as DNA strands, mm-hmm. two two perfectly symmetrical lines, forever dancing around each other, but never touching. But forever going around, going you know like they you know they follow each other. You never know who's in control. Yeah. Just when you think someone's in control. You're going somewhere else. Never let them know. Let, never let them know your next move, bro. And I just thought, like, that's the A story and your B story. Mm-hmm. Dancing around, dancing around, dancing around. Fuck yeah, yeah. dude. Movies are like DNA. And D- and what is DNA? Just one part of our entire physical being. Got to add in some blood. Got to add some blood flow. Got to add in some skin. Got to add in some veins. What's next to DNA? Fucking veins. Mm-hmm. What goes through it all? The blood. And then what wraps around it is your skin. Then you got to make that shit move. Yep. Boom. There, there you go. There, there, you got a movie. 
Fucking A, dude. And don't even start writing if any one of those things feels weak. Yep. Boom. That's my advice to anyone who's listening to this and thinking about picking up a pen or putting... What would you say, Tuck? They're putting fingers to keyboard. <laughs> I know the old, the old, the old phrase is... Fingers pen, to keyboard. F- pen to paper, but was like, I guess it's fingers to keyboard now, right? Ah, fingers to keyboard, yes. Fingers to, fi- finger. I'll finger those keys. I'll finger Wait. those keys so good. <laughs> oh, God. Just give me a bit of space. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, number two. Oh. Number two. Right. So number, number, so number two for me is a comedian comedian the a comedian or the comedian is no it's a comedian a comedian oh sorry I thought uh, he, so, like the, is that a movie like, <laughs> oh no 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 so uh, for me number two is uh george lopez george lopez so a lot these last two dude i'm going way back oh god <laughs> like the, uh, I like like the, the the beginning, like a little primordial ooze of like this dude's a creative. So when I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of um, what I would call positive representation of Latinos. Like I grew up watching stuff where we were always portrayed a very specific way, and it was always either as the struggling family or the the immigrant or like the the struggling immigrant so it was always one of those two and it it was hard it was kind of hard to see that so it was like actively avoiding stuff like that for me and then the george lopez show comes out i think 2002 and it is it's a guy who's married he's got kids he works you know pretty labor-intensive job but it's it's middle class and it's like my dad does that. My mom stays home. I'm a kid. There's other kids here. <laughs> I that's, was the kid that's... with all the other kids. And like, so like, you know, it was us on the screen, and it was, it was, it was crazy to see that, especially because it was on like, it was on ABC. Like it was on, it was on one of the big networks. So I was just like, holy shit, that's fucking crazy. And then you know, the show went on, but it was always like that moment for me where I was like, okay. This is possible, and you know if I if I work for obviously that 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 dude worked his ass off, and it was fucking of all the people to give him a break and give him this shot, it was Sandra Bullock. How? Where? When? Yes, she's an executive producer. She was an executive producer of the show. What? Yeah, <laughs> crazy dude. shit. She was even in, she was in a couple of episodes of the show too. Oh, that's awesome. So it's like it, it, it. So again, for me, it was that it was that thing of like seeing a Latino on the screen in a way that hadn't been seen in forever, and in a very predominantly positive, you know, because obviously it's the two thousands. Certain some jokes are not gonna fly today, mm. but like it still, it was a fucking win, and it was a big one. Yeah. So the, for me, that was like that was one of those turning points where okay, you know, I. I grew up being, honestly, dude, being kind of ashamed of being Mexican, being ashamed of being Latino and stuff. And then seeing that, I was like, okay, I don't have to be because we're not just that. 
we're not just gangbangers. We're not just, you know, people stealing jobs or whatever. Like, no, we are contributing. We're families. You know, we're people dealing with regular problems. It's not always like, oh, someone's getting kicked out of the fucking country. It's like, no. I've literally, I've been fortunate enough to be in a place where I've never really had to worry about that. And, and it was like, oh, you can't tell those stories. Fucking why? Those are our stories. We're not all fucking struggling to survive. Some of us are surviving and dealing with other shit. Yeah. And that's okay. So that was like, that was a big thing for me. And so that's kind of where my tra- the trajectory of myself and what I wanted to do kind of began to shift. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until... So, and then, so yeah, so that was that's George Lopez. That's what he's... My influence. Give you, give you your influence. I could keep going, but I feel like <laughs> <laughs> no man. I, I like. I love. Yeah, I love hearing about like what sort of what drives my boys, man. Like I, I you know, tell me those stories. Like I love hearing about people's influence. Like there's nothing. Nothing pains me more when I ask someone like sort of what drives you, what keeps you going, and they give me some mm-hmm. like sort of vague, out there ass answer, and I was like, okay, cool. If you don't want to answer me, don't you, you know, don't answer me. But yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being open i think mm-hmm. especially in 2022 like it like the, the the more open i've gotten over the last couple of years i feel like the the better i have become yeah there's moments of weakness mm-hmm. and moments of doubt but like you know if you're open with yourself you can you know you talk and talk to the right people in the in the right way you know and, and they will soon remind you that there's you know, there's reasons to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next person is, uh, so I need, like, there was someone I wanted to mention alongside Park Chan-wook just before now, if you remember, mm-hmm. not five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> uh, Walter Murch, mm-hmm. the, uh, the king of editing himself, uh, was editing Apocalypse Now for so long, it went from splicing to digital that half of Apocalypse Now is spliced and half of apocalypse now is digital Jesus. and when you read in the blink of an eye when you're asked as like one of the greatest editors of all time someone who george lucas looks up to someone who francis ford coppola looks up to someone who martin scorsese looks up to like these people look up to an editor like that's how you know the power of editing like the power mm. of editing like let's just you know a couple of years ago, we mentioned it in the Oscars episode. You win best editing, you win best movie. Why that changed with Whiplash, I don't know. But I don't know what won best movie the year Whiplash should have won. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't remember that movie, but I remember Whiplash very fucking well. Um, and I feel like for me, that was where the first time I noticed that best editing didn't win best movie. Um, but when his book starts with a quote from George Lucas, I believe. And it's, um, when you when you walk into Walter Murch's room, he'll tell you one thing. Your movie can only look so good. But remember, 50, 50% of cinema is sound. I know way too many people in this industry. Yes, a lot of full stops. Like clap, you know that when when people used to do the clapping emoji in between every word. Yep. That's what I'm doing right now. I know way too many people. Sebastian is literally looking at me, stopping myself clapping. He's like, <laughs> "Is he gonna clap? Is he gonna clap now? Is he gonna clap? No, I'm not, because it'll be too loud." I know way too many people, bro, that are yep. like driven by visuals. I was like, "Yeah, 
It looks great. But it's going to sound like bullshit because you've neglected your bloody production sound into the darkest corner of fucking Mordor, bro. Yep. And if he's there struggling with his arms, uh, you know, when you see a sound guy come off sound and the first thing he does is like to sort of thank God that he's not doing it anymore, you're fucked. Your sound, your sound's fucked. Your sound guy doesn't want to be there. He's not getting the sound you want to get. And if it's, and then it comes down to, oh, we'll just use the labs. You mean this noise? Throughout all your fucking movie? Fuck off. Nothing beats a fucking good ass boom of a hypercardioid in between two of the greatest actors of all time, getting some pretty good fucking sick dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. If your actors aren't moving, lavaliers fucking doing, but ah. Like, until they're not using this bloody fucking, the size of a bloody two cigarette boxes fucking fanny pack that's sticking out your fucking ass to fucking get lav like to get good lavalier recordings. I'm not fucking trusting them, bro. Yeah, no. more more people need to go to f- go to film school. Yeah, have a good idea of how to write. Have a good idea of how to direct. Have a good idea of how to produce. Fuck it, I don't give a shit. But there needs to be a teacher that needs to sit everyone down and go fucking record this simple fucking scene between two guys recording. And if it, if I if there's a blemish, if it peaks, if it's shit, fucking do it again until you get it right. Yeah. Nail in sound into these people. And uh, my my my, uh, my post sound guy. He he helped me sort of see that. Like I was like I was telling him, I was like, I was sending him shit. It's like, bro, this movie looks sick, yeah. And then uh, like a couple of days later, um, uh, and like and he was he was saying to me, it was like, okay, cool, yeah, it looks great, but like there's a problem with your sound, man. And, and that's where I learned. And I, I went to, I went to Nifa and I like and I saw the same problem all the, like in a master's degree. I was I was mm-hmm. seeing I was seeing these problems. People were casting the same actor in all of their shit, and I, and like I literally stood up in front of the class and went, "Why is everyone casting this guy? He doesn't speak a word of the fucking Queens, bro." Not that anyone knew what I meant. I was like, "Fucking English, the Queen's English." Like, come on. It is not a bad thing to enunciate. Enunciate. Do you know what that means? It has nothing to do with physical contact. Is outside the It's a it's a Batman parody. <laughs> the, the, jo- the Joker can't stand Batman's voice anymore. It's like I I, I, I want to help you. I want to tell you where they are, but I can't hear a word that you're saying. It's like you've got. It's like you're riddled with cancer. Enunciate, enunciate, enunciate. You know what that means? It has nothing to do with physical contact. <laughs> It's fucking great. I'll send it to you after this. It's one of the greatest <laughs> parodies of all time. But yeah, Walter Murch. Someone who is all about editing. So literally starts his editing book with 50% of cinema is sound. Boom. That's all you need to fucking know. Fucking A. <sighs> right, I've got a good last one. Right. Alright, I think I think mine's pretty good too. So Yours isn't going to be one. as good as mine. Well, I, I mean, 
but I guess we'll see. <laughs> no, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 will see. Like, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Give me your last one, bro. <laughs> so my last one is um is a comedian. Um. For me, I wouldn't. I li- I swear to God, dude, I wouldn't be <sighs> where I am if I hadn't discovered this guy when I did. Damn. Um, so for me, my number one is Robin Williams. Robin Williams, nice. Love that guy. When I was a kid, I would watch I would watch Aladdin, I would watch Mrs. Doubtfire, and I would watch you know, that's pretty much all I watched of his when I was a kid. And it was it was him doing voices and him being over the top and being silly and being crazy. It was like that's ultimately how I started when I was a kid, I was doing I was doing voices. I was so happy because I, I was able to laugh like fucking Woody Woodpecker when I was a kid. And I would do all these voices and I would play I'd, I would play these games and then I would whenever I was like playing with my my toys and stuff I never just played with them I would always use them to like tell stories and I would give all each toy a, its own voice and little bits and that and I would cre- I would like if I had Power Rangers dude I would like recreate episodes of fucking Power Rangers in my room like to the detail I was very I was very detail oriented and I would I would get so pissed whenever I would have family come over and if they were playing with my toys, if they weren't playing with them the way I would, I would take them away and I would be like, no, you're playing with them wrong. <laughs> you told me that story before. And it was, and then, you know, and then as I got older, I started watching more, more of his movies, you know, Good Will Hunting and you know, Dead Poet Society and a bunch of other stuff. And then you showed, and then seeing his, his stand up with you, there's just like, I connected with him on such a, like spiritual level. Hey Sebastian. Like how'd you get to the Royal Albert Hall? Duh. Fuck you. Don't do this to me. Money. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Come on, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Fuck, man. Like he like honest it's 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 crazy to think like if if I hadn't seen him when I did when I was a kid, you know, really because it wasn't just, it wasn't that it was just funny, you know. There was like Jim like Jim Carrey is you know hilarious and he was a big influence on me too. But there's something about Robin Williams. Yes, he was funny, but there was a of like a really there's a strong heart behind it. That it can, that's what it was tender. And, yeah, and that's it, what I connected with. And like that's what it's one of the things I try to put in every all of my projects. It's like being over the top being funny and just being fucking bonkers but still having the heart that when you walk away from this thing you're like you know what that's gonna stick with me mm-hmm. absolutely and that's you know that's what he did that's what he did for me so like when he passed i was like genuinely bro i was genuinely hurt i was like whenever i hear about a celebrity passing it's like oh that's you know that sucks but like with with robin williams it was like it was like a gut punch it was so it was so weird, but it was also this weird thing where it's like, okay, you know, he's gone. And it's around that time when I decided that, you know, this is the path I kind of wanted to take. Mm. And I don't know what it was, but him passing was just kind of the trigger. It's like, well, I, I, I got to get started. You know, the guy's, this this guy did it and he's gone. And what if I'm, one day I'm fucking gone and oh, I was... I'm a, I'm a history degree and I'm going to go to law school. No, fuck that. I'm going to go to fucking film school. I'll be a fucking writer and be a director and I'm going to be fucking good. Yeah, man. That's what I'm going to fucking do. Fuck yeah, dude. So yeah, that's my number one. What's your number one? 
My number one. Really yeah, yeah, know? yeah. You really want to know? What, what, yeah. You want to know yeah, who yeah, my number yeah. one is? I do indeed. Number one is you, bro. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I went, I went to nah. Napa. I was this, like, I was, I was, you know, I was still this loud British kid, you know. Like mm-hmm. a, a, like a lot of the a lot of the students who I met a lot of the American students who I met a lot of the other foreign students who I met were like sort of oh, aren't the British meant to be like sort of posh I was like we're not all from fucking London bro like <laughs> shut the shut the fuck up like get, give me, give me a movie give me a beer uh, like you, you say you say something stupid I will fucking call you a moron in the middle of fucking class bro like be fucking prepared to hear me before you see mm-hmm. me bro. Like the amount of times, like teachers come into a class, it's like, oh, I knew which class I was going to because I could hear Ed laughing. I was like, damn fucking right, you could. Because you know why? <laughs> I'm having fucking fun, man. But like it, like for some reason, that did not translate to the movies I made. The movies I made, the way I was was a movie maker was. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, story, drama. Oh yes, give, give me give me a genre defining horror. Genre defining horror. Oh yes, quite. Yes, we'll put, the, we'll put the camera on sticks this time. And I was like, I was fucking, like, there was no fun behind it, man. There, there was, mm-hmm. there was no fun. And like, it wasn't till I spent like a few days with you, and like, I just remember one of our like, you remember those drives we used to do? Yeah, we would finish school, and I like, and it'd be like, take me somewhere, bro. I've only ever seen these. Pl- I've only ever seen this gorgeous ass city, in 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 the movies. Show me somewhere that's real. And I was like, oh, you want me to show you somewhere that's real? And you took me about fifty yards down the Hollywood Boulevard. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know why that you only ever see it looking that way? Because that way is the Hollywood Hills. That way is Hollywood, and that way is shit. And we went down that <laughs> way. We went down that way. We did. And that and that's like and that's where the like now is the Kobe mural. Mm-hmm. Like that that's that's where like actual LA is, bro. You showed me actual LA. And I just remember one of the conversations we had, and I was just like, What why don't why why aren't you in your movies, man? What like what why aren't you like this when when you make when you're making a movie, man? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like you are funny. You make you make people laugh, and you don't even know how hard you make them laugh naturally. You if you translate that to the screen, bro. And like it, just, like just mind, like just <laughs> o- just just opened. More influential yeah. than any director, any writer, because oh, I definitely wouldn't be here right now like everyone i've mentioned up until now got me to nifer but beyond nifer i've very much been myself but at like at nifer where like i was sort of i was struggling to keep up a little bit in that first semester where like i was telling you i was like bro like like i had i I, like i did shit in that one project remember it was like Mm -hmm. that uh, it was the um Everyone, like everyone, had to direct. Like it was those, um, like in fields. Um, oh, like the workshop things. Wor- yeah, yeah, it was the workshops. There was like the yeah. PR, the PR workshops, or whatever they were called, or something. And mine sucked mm-hmm. so badly. 
And I was telling him, he was like, bro, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. And then that was the night where we went to karaoke and we came home. Yep. 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 <laughs> it was like, yeah. on, on, honestly, it was then onwards. I, mm-hmm. I started to... I started to I started to listen. I started to listen to other people. I started to let other like other people like rather than inspire me, help me. And that's what you did. Mm-hmm. Like to like you know, I was very much like sort of oh, you know, my scripts are my own scripts. You know, and then I, I started speaking to you and I was like, Bro, take a look at this. Yeah man. You just Fuck. You had you had more of an impact on me as a filmmaker, as a person, and then you could ever realize, bro. All right, you win. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you were right. Yours was better. <laughs> uh, yo, I do. I kind of do. Um, so, sorry. Yeah, I was about to speak no, to. No. I was, no, I was about to speak about shit that we need to speak about after we've stopped recording. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> bye everyone. I need to speak to. Sebastian All right, take it easy, everyone. This has been. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember to subscribe, share, give us good rating, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, absolutely. See you guys. We love you. Join us on the trip. Uh, I'm sorry. Now we're throwing out the scripts. Ah, uh, we don't charge a penny. I hear the weekend's gone. Now it's time to start. Free ball. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.